Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Okay, another episode of Real Estate in Real Life with the Ryan Real Estate Group. And on this one, we've got the man, Cody Cleveland, in the house, one of our newest agents. Um, Matt, if, you, if you're the one that ends up editing this, uh, title this one, The Cleveland Show, and see if uh, we confuse anybody with that. Yeah. There is a real likeness, actually. If, uh, for those of you in podcast land that can't see, Cody looks a lot like Cleveland from The yeah, Cleveland Show. a few shades lighter. Spit an image. So, anyway... We always like to shout out our sponsors, hoping that one of them actually decides to send us money or free stuff at some point. This time I'm uh, surviving this with, I can't even pronounce it. How do you pronounce that? Zions, uh, I'm assuming. Zions Energy. All I know is cheap in the already cold department at uh, the Rayleigh's nice. here in beautiful Loomis, California. So <laughs> anyway, all right. So Cody, we just want to dive in a little bit to uh, who on earth are you and how did you end up here? So give us uh, just kind of your brief backstory. Are you from this area? All that good stuff. Yeah. Um, grew up in Citrus Heights. Moved out to the Roseville Rockland area around 2008. Been out here ever since. Okay. Um, spent most of my last 10 years as a service advisor and I also owned my own business for a few years doing uh, commercial building maintenance. Commercial building maintenance. Yeah. Okay, so hold on. We took a big, we took a big, big jump there. So Citrus Heights, what school did you go to? I went to Mesa Verde. You are a Mesa Verde, the Green Table. Yes, we've sir. got a good variety. We've got, we've got Casa. I'm pretty sure we have a BV. We've got Oakmont. We got the Green Table. We yep. got a little bit of everybody. So yeah, kind of covering from this realm. And so then you said 2008, you moved out to Placer County. So that was what? What brought you out there? Uh, I was going to Sierra College. Okay, so I that would have been shortly after high school. Yeah. So you did the Sierra College thing. Mm-hmm. Bunch of us Sierra College proud yeah. up in here too. Too good school. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, gotcha. So you moved out there. So then, did you um, did you continue with college? Um, I'm six units short of uh, an associate's. Six units short of an associate. <laughs> Maybe never, that should be your tagline on your yeah. business card, Cody Cleveland. Yeah. Six units short of an associate. A little short. <laughs> Yeah. Gotcha. So you you went down that road. You started looking into some stuff there, trying to decide what you wanted to do. Obviously, you decided at some point college wasn't for you, and you started working, doing something that that motivated you to realize you could do well without that. So, what was kind of your first? Uh, what was your first like? I don't know, more legit job, or like when you're making money that you go, okay, I could support myself. I actually worked for uh, uh, right after that. I went to work for AAA as a battery service technician. Okay, so like yeah. driving around in the truck, like yeah. Going out to people that were stranded. Changing batteries, tires, you know, nothing crazy, but there was a really good commission, uh, you know, structure set up to where I could do pretty well. Okay. a lot of hours, so um, did that for a few years, and then um, after that, I went to work as a forklift mechanic for Save Mart Distribution Center, and... Um, how did you... So, did, is that something you had to... Did you go to a certification for, or no, how do you just suddenly, I, you're like, okay, I can fix that. I have a mechanical background, you know, mm-hmm. cars, trucks. But they didn't require, you're just like, sure, I'll, I'll fix that. They have an apprenticeship program that uh, kind of eases you into it, and it's really not that hard. It's just basic hydraulics and electronic stuff. Um, they're primitive machines. Hmm. But um, I actually got smashed by a forklift. Really? Yeah, somebody, uh, they have what's called a dead man switch, and when you jump off of the, or if you fall off, it stops yeah. itself. 
and there was some hydraulic fluid on the ground and I was changing a battery on one and one of the drivers came in, jumped off of it and it hit some hydraulic fluid and it spun around and pinned me up against a concrete wall. So instead of just like stopping safely with the dead man's switch. Yeah, it, it did some wild stuff, flipped around and pinned me up against wall. Do you think it's safe to say that, that forklift had like kind of a bit of a, like a vendetta against you and it saw its moment? It was a and, blessing in disguise because... Um, I mean, it sounds like it kind of sought you out. Yeah, it... it <laughs> It definitely targeted me and was like, that's my guy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, got smashed up against forklift. And uh, that was when I realized that I didn't want to work for somebody else anymore. Hmm. And I went and did my own thing, and I started my business doing the commercial uh, property maintenance. And I did that for about five years. So, okay, so that's an interesting jump, though. So, uh Obviously, you had a history here of, of problem solving and helping people, right? It sounds like that's a trend I'm seeing in your stuff. Yeah. You get attacked by a forklift. Yeah. <laughs> decide that this, this isn't worth it for what I'm doing. How did you jump to commercial property maintenance? I was actually dating a girl at the time that was working for a property management company. Mm-hmm. And uh, her boss had some guy that was working for him. And I guess he got in trouble or something and left a bunch of tools and uh, he called me and said, hey, do you want some free tools? And I was like, yeah. So I showed up and we started talking and he kind of asked me about my skill set and like what types of stuff I'm into. And he said, well, hey, I might have some uh, extra work for you on the side. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a call if I, you need some help doing stuff. And I was like, cool, that sounds great. You know, I had a bunch of free time. So I ended up uh, working on small projects here and there for him. And then it evolved into... Um, you know, about 40 to 50 service calls a week. And uh, wow. I was covering 160 properties in the Sacramento area. I and just typical handyman maintenance kind of stuff. Yeah, basically stuff that you wouldn't want to hire a, a contractor for. You know? Yeah, it's too small for yeah. to have them come all the way out. And That's interesting. I mean, things that I guess I feel like few people have, have done, commercial maintenance, forklift maintenance, yeah. and nothing that you, like, sought out and said, I'm going to go to, you know, YO Tech and, and be a forklift master. Yeah. It's really just you being in the right place and being someone that was willing to help and willing to learn and be the guy to yeah. solve problems. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, um, to be honest, that's how a lot of my opportunities have come. It's just word of mouth, you know. Somebody and willingness to say, like, hey, sure, I can figure that call, out. Call Cody. He'll figure it out. Yeah. But yeah. Call Cody. I like it. Awesome. Cool. So you did that for five years. Then you merged into uh, the automotive world, which is kind of a natural progression, I guess, if you combine these last two things. I was going to end up there either way. Um, not permanently, obviously. But, um, yeah, business slowed down. Um, you know, a lot of these companies started hiring in-house. They got smart, and I don't blame them for it. They should have had in-house maintenance guys the whole time. But, um I ended up uh, going to uh, going back to uh, you know the the automotive industry. I had a friend that owned a shop in Rockland, and mm-hmm. he uh, decided to you know give me a chance and said, "Hey, come help me out around the shop." And that was another situation where um, it was just I need somebody here and there type of thing, and it evolved into a full time job. And I ended up running the entire shop for him for about two years. And then um, business slowed down again. I got worried, so I started looking for you know something else and got mm-hmm. hung on with another shop. And uh, that's where I spent the last two years. Gotcha. And I just, okay. I just, you know, kind of tired of caught up, you know, getting caught up in that cycle of working for somebody, things slowing down. 
Well, that's the livelihood. thing, right? There's this idea of job security when you work for somebody else that I think sometimes can be a bit of a myth. You yeah. know, sometimes the, the greatest job security is your ability to go out and, as they say, go out and kill something and drag it home yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, which is, which it's kind of interesting. You've almost been like the self-employed guy who's worked for other people. Yeah. Because it's like, the, I feel like the way that you've viewed things and approached things was not, oh, I got to find someone else who will take care of me. Yeah. It was looking for opportunities, being the guy that's willing to say, yes, yes, I can get that done. Yes, I can solve that problem. So in effect, it's like, I don't know, it seems almost seems like uh, these were almost temporary assignments more than like a job that you settled into trusting that it would forever take care of your life and solve right. all your problems. Yeah. And, you, know? you know, I I knew deep down that I would I would probably not you know, be in that position for the rest of my life. But um, those jobs definitely afforded me the, you know, the opportunity financially to where I could step out and, mm-hmm. and do my own thing. And that's where I'm at now. So um, now you, so you, cars and working on cars and, and racing and all stuff has been a passion of yours, essentially your whole life, right? Did you grow up in that realm? Yeah. yeah. Dad's a big gearhead. Um, so what was it like going into the automotive industry? I'm curious. So like um, I, for a short season, I, I worked in, in the body shop world on hot rod stuff. And one of the themes that I learned early on, especially from my boss at that time, is he was like, do not make a career out of your hobby. His, his, he had a, a 50 Chevy pickup that was sitting in the back of the, of the shop, had been there for years in pieces. At one point it was torn down. He was going to all rebuild it, right? But the last thing he wanted to do at the end of the day yep. was work on his own stuff. And it just it started to kind of ruin that for him. Was that ever an issue for you getting into that where, you know? Um, not at first, but it, it definitely, you know, just, just like a, you know, a plumber. They have plumbing at their house that needs to be done. An electrician has... Stuff that they just, you know, eventually mm-hmm. you get to the point to where, um, you know, you're doing your job and, you know, you're not taking care of your own, you know, things like like you working your or your boss working in the, the hot rod industry. You know, he has that car. Well, so even here, I, I'm just now taking the needed steps to finish looking towards a refinance that I should have done forever ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm not lending. We're in real estate, right? But still, like, I've been advising clients to do it and I've had them do it and been saving money months ago. Yeah. But yeah, frankly, when I'm when I'm done with what I need to get done here for the day, I don't go. Oh, let me dive into my own personal real estate situation. So yeah, anyway, that's interesting that that uh, that was the thing. And now that you're taking a step back out of it, it can it can go back to being more of just fun and just hobby. Yeah, um, definitely. So let's jump forward to uh, when did you? So obviously, you've just now come onto the team. You and I have been talking about this idea of you getting into real estate for a while now. When did that start to kind of? come into your head as something you might be interested in? Because I think, you know, it sounds to me like you've kind of, and I went through this journey for a while too, you knew early on that you were going to be a guy that's going to work for himself in some capacity, but you're trying to identify what capacity that would be and what you wanted to do, right? So obviously at some point, real estate came in to be one of those options for you to start considering. What kind of brought that on? Yeah, um, honestly, uh, if anything good comes out of this year with all this COVID stuff, um, it's the... you know, it gave me the ability, or it didn't really give me the ability, it kind of forced, you know, I said, hey, you're either going to find another job, mm-hmm. or you're going to take that risk and, uh, you know, put yourself out there and, and see if you, you know, try your hand at real estate. And I was at the point to where, you know, I I just got tired of that cycle of working for somebody else. And mm-hmm. I wanted something that um, I would benefit from, you know, the amount of effort that I put into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
I've always wanted to do real estate. I've always had, you know, friends and family that are in real estate. It's always, you know, interested me. So, like, how long has that been something that was even on your radar that you paid attention to? Because you you purchased your own home when? Um, I'm actually still renting. You're still renting now. Okay. So, you've had family, and you said that has been involved in real estate. You've been seeing real estate. In what capacity have you been seeing real estate and and been interested in it? Well, my, my dad owned a construction company for 30 years, and mm-hmm. he always had friends who um, were flipping houses, you know, back in the 90s. Okay, so and, even uh, even back as a, as a kid, you were this idea of properties and every and, and selling them and yeah. flipping them and yeah. working on them and building homes has been an interest of yours. Yeah, um, my dad does a lot of, like, custom kitchen stuff, and or did. He, does, he doesn't anymore, but um, I just like taking something. And, uh, you know, turn into something awesome, mm-hmm. you know. So back then, I, I wasn't really thinking about the selling portion of it or, you know, the real estate portion of it. But, um, you know, building houses and stuff, I, I really like that. But mm-hmm. I would say around 2008, 2009, I had, um, I had a buddy who went into real estate and uh, he loved it. And I went on, you know, went to a couple open houses with him mm-hmm. and helped him, you know, put some signs out. We went door knocking a couple times and um, I was like, this is cool. You know, it's a great way to get to know your community, your friend, you know, expand, you know, your friends, whatever. But yeah, um, I I just like, wow, you know, this, this is work. <laughs> I like doing this. I like talking to people. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's fun. It's funny, like I say, getting involved in the community, being a part of something exciting yeah. that people are doing. I think that's one of the things that's cool about being on this side of it is construction can be, um, I mean, it's all, it all can be stressful, yeah. but construction is a lot of deadlines, a lot of coordinating. I mean, we feel like we coordinate a lot of people, um, you know, gosh, with all the different subs and all the different things that build one to the next, that this delay causes the delay in this and causes yeah. that. And um, I, I think that we get to, on this side, we get to kind of, we get to work with the end product, yeah. the end, you know, the end result. And it's condensed into a very intense, you know, usually around 30 days. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, I, I have several friends who bought houses and, you know, they're so exciting. It's fun to watch them, you know do little things around the house mm-hmm. and, you know, redo, you know, remodel stuff, bathrooms, kitchens, whatever. And I've been a part of that for a few times just because, you know, my, my construction background, but, um, yeah. And I think that's, what's going to be, that's, what's going to be neat too, is, is the perspective that you'll be able to bring to clients having that experience. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've seen in the industry that was part of what made me want to get into it is, is I felt like there was, uh, not a huge percentage of people that were willing to actually give practical and helpful advice and guidance. Um, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a CYA kind of a thing or just a lack of knowledge, but to be able to, um, point people in the right direction of things to, especially as you know, we're, we're both, we're both pretty young. We work with a lot of first time buyers, being able to help guide them towards things to be afraid of or not afraid of in a home, you know, and of course with the caveat, you know, you gotta, you know, do your inspections and everything. We're just the realtor, but having realtors with a background that understand that, you know, Oh, you know, the, the, this home, it was built in the forties and the main line has never been replaced. Yeah. You know, Oh, that's terrifying. Well, I'll tell you, you know, where does it run? It runs here. It runs under the lawn. It doesn't run under the concrete Mm -hmm. and trenching is an incredibly expensive part of of, of any quote you're going to get, you know, like my home, it was over a hundred feet to the street. Uh, so tell you what, if you're willing to rent a trencher and trench it out yourself, it's actually not that expensive at all. You're talking about running some pipes, yeah. you know? And, and so being able to actually understand depth behind things in a home, I think can give such a, a, a perspective 
to clients and really help them make smart decisions in their properties that uh, a realtor that um, that only knows the surface level of what's what's pretty and what's not yeah. just won't be able to, to do. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a bunch of different levels of, you know, you know, a house and figuring out what people want. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I'll be able to add value to being on the team. So um, excited for that. But, um, you know, I'm just I'm just I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to do this. I think 2021 is going to be epic, man. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the things we've got planned. And uh, you guys can uh, obviously come and meet Cody at any of our happy hours that we do with our closed VIP group or some of our bigger events, uh, COVID permitting. Uh, we're also planning on being out at the racetrack some over yeah. this next year. That's, uh, as we kind of mentioned there briefly, one of Cody's passions. And uh, you'll see our logo. We'll be out there supporting him and out there just looking to, to meet some of you and connect with more people in this community. So anyway, it's been a pleasure, Cody. We're excited to, to have you on board, man. It's yeah. going to be great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.